This is Dragon Talk. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Dragon Talk, the Wrexham podcast of no lumps of fat or gristle, guaranteed. I'm Mark Griffiths from the Wrexham Supports Association's football commentary, and today, well, we'll be hearing about a couple of our new players, Nat Brown from a Lincoln City fan's perspective, and also Tom Kearney from the point of view of one of his ex-followers at Halifax, and also we'll diversify a bit and find out just what's going on at those two clubs. So, let's crack on with business, shall we? I calls the wonderfully monikers Neil Gentleman Hobbs. That's a real name, not an internet uh, identity. To ask him just what he thought of Nat Brown. He's from the Imps Trust, and not only that, he also had some interesting ideas about what Wrexham maybe can do off the pitch to maximise itself. Right, Nat Brown was a bit of a fan's favourite, yeah? As, 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 I mean, as far as abilities concerned, yeah, he, he's lacking in terms of, of skills and airs and graces and all that. He's quite a basic player, but he's very, very good in the air. He's very, very determined, and he's one of these blokes. You know, if somebody beats him, he'll get up and he'll chase after him and he'll put a tackle in. So he, he's, although he's not the fastest person in the world, he's definitely not the slowest. But he's got a lot of commitment. He's a fabulous bloke. He'll, your fans are really warm because he's always got a cheesy, you know, a cheeky little smile and all that sort of thing. It sounds like a sort of bloke that maybe Lincoln fans are sorry to see go in that case, then? Um, no, because um, we wanted somebody taller, and I mean Brown was always the one that was. He was getting, he was getting, he was getting blamed with a lot of um, the ills that was going on with our defence. What Nat Brown needs is somebody with positional sense next to him. <laughs> because it because he he's, he's rash in the challenge yeah so when somebody's coming you know when somebody's coming at him with a ball or whatever coming forward he will dive into the challenge so it's either a brilliant tackle or oh shit he's beaten and away he got you know and, and and then they're clean through well it's interesting because what everything you've said fits in perfectly with my first impressions he played well on last Saturday he beat Wolves but you could just see like you said his his commitment is his his forte really. Oh, yeah. um, more than the more subtle sides of the game. But um, he'll do a good job for you. He, he will do a good job at the level you're at, and he'll do a good job in League 2 as well. He just needs somebody next to him. And the problem was last season, he had Danny Hone, who's quite young, okay. and he had Beavers, who's exactly the same sort of player as Brown. But, but interesting, yes, they played a, a behind-closed-door game yesterday, and a little played him in midfield which surprised me, looking at my first impression of it. Is, is that anything that Lincoln tried? I'll or? tell you, I tell, when, when, um, when Keith first signed him, you know Keith Alexander, yeah, yeah? yeah. When Keith first signed him, he signed him as a striker. Okay. He was our leading, bleeding scorer his first season <laughs> at Lincoln. I'll tell you what, he, he's, um, if you play him as a right-back, yeah. um, he's played at right-back, yeah? He's a good overlapping, he's a good overlapping defender, and um, he's got a hell of a shot on him. And he's one of these guys who'll get up the line and he'll cock up six crosses, but he's still there to get the seventh one over, you know? It's a better strike rate than we've had in recent seasons, so <laughs> I'd take that. But is, is centre mid something? Because he sounds like he plays everywhere. Yeah, I mean, he is a great. Lincoln, Keith played him in midfield for about a season as well. Um, and the reason for that is because he's a great defensive midfielder. You know, defensive midfielders can actually go into the tackle and win the ball, and if they lose it, the defenders will actually mop up for him. And that was his, that is a good position for him. And if it is, if, it, if your manager puts him... Uh, wait, is it still little, yeah? Yeah, yeah. If he plays him in the centre of... Um, in, the centre, in, in centre midfield, 
um, you know, you'll probably find that it would do a good job for you, because I'll tell you what, there ain't going to be many people that will out-tackle him. Because, mm. oh, I mean, when, when he goes in for a 50-50 challenge, he's going to win it. That's not like good news, that is. They, um, mm. I, I, was, I just just to ask you as well, just to, how are things shaping up for you? I thought we must have caught you on your two you know, down days last season because we, we had two good wins against you. And yes, you got, you got some good form going in the middle of the season, didn't you? Oh, the thing about Lincoln that we've always liked about Lincoln um, is that we go forward. Yeah. You know, we're an attacking side. <laughs> the defence has always been shit. We know that. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had a couple of years under Keith where we played five at the back, so it wasn't too bad. But Lincoln likes attacking football. And I know this sounds stupid because the only way you can win a game is to score more goals than the opposition. But we like to see Lincoln um, outscore the opposition. And I mean, against Villa last night, I mean, Villa ran the show in the first half. And then the attacking football second half was just unreal. And we've got Oakes now in midfield and he's superb. Mm -hmm. We got Linnell John Lewis, who's probably you know. Do you remember Ian Wright? Yeah, yeah. He's a young version of Ian Wright mm-hmm. who plays wide. We got Ben Wright, who I've nicknamed the Swan. Um, we've got um, we got little we got little Pembleton, who might struggle to get in the team this season, but he's only eighteen, and I could, we're calling him the Sinsel Sprite. <laughs> but you know, because I, I write as Vickers and Tarts on on Vital Lincoln. Um, so, you know, I come out with all these all these little sayings and all that sort of thing because it's a style people like. Yeah, and yeah. we've always had to have a sense of humour at Lincoln because you know that because of the way the club's owned through the trust, um, we can't overspend, which is a good thing. Yeah. And we can see it this season because it's getting tougher for clubs that we're actually able to compete this year. And that's why we feel that it's our year. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you look at the bottom of League Two and already you've got teams cut adrift, haven't you, really? It's it's a strange setup. But... I know. You see, I, I really didn't want you lot to go down last mm. season. I wanted you to stay up because you're, you're... If you look at some of the smaller teams that are there, and everybody's got a right at the end of the day to, to survive in League Two, but you're one of the bigger teams that's going out the league. Yeah, yeah. I was working out, I think, after Carlisle, we're the second biggest ground ever in the conference. Uh, I think we just got to keep. Uh, I know it sounds odd, but our crowds have actually been really impressive the last couple of years through our crisis. And if we can have yeah. a good start, I think we'll keep that. I mean, you saw what the fans were like at Lincoln last game of last season when they were already doomed and everyone turned up to have a party. Oh, it's fantastic, especially all the lads in fancy dress. That's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. I love that. That's what football's all about. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. See, and to get them in that numbers traveling across country, as you know, it's it's a good track across country, isn't it? And yeah, sorry about Dave Roberts, our managing director, making it a category A game, the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he actually turned around and he said, "I'm really hoping there's a chance that they can actually stay up this season." And we're thinking, "Fucking hell, that's sporting of you, Dave." And he says, "Because they'll bring two and a half thousand and they're making it a category A game." And we're thinking, "You bastard!" <laughs> well, about four weeks before, they were thinking of making it a community. Day and he fucking makes oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's what And then of course, what happened was, of course, your your um, your future was kind of, or your fate was sealed, wasn't it? About two yeah. weeks before the end of the season. Yeah, we were down already. So fair yeah. play, yeah, for everyone to go like that, really. Well, and he was going to put it back to a community day, and then he heard, well, they'll bring loads anyway. <laughs> so he thought, sod it. <laughs> but I mean, we need the money at the end yeah. of the day, you know. Well, that'll hit us as well because there'll be very little away support in the conference, and, and we're really geographically isolated. There's two teams in Cheshire, and that's and then that's it. It's all down the south, and 
we're gonna we're gonna find it hard. We, the away end's gonna be empty. Yeah, cold. The struggle to make money, I think, this year was oh. well. It's always a nice trip to Lincoln, and it's always a nice club. I think there's a lot of similarities between us and, and yourselves. So uh, there is, yeah. I, hope I mean, I haven't to... been to Wrexham for years, I must yeah. admit, but it's a fantastic ground, isn't it? Oh yes, yeah, it's lovely. Like it's can't, do, do Wales still play games? Then? Yes, well, I mean, yeah, you know, they play all the main games at the Millennium Stadium, but mm. they, 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 we get a few crumbs off the top table. And in fact, a couple of weeks ago, we were put into the Guinness Book of Records. It's the race course because they still have games there. Is the longest continuous international venue in the world? Because so. I've been, oh, yeah. I went, I went when England played against Wales. Um, oh. Well, shit, how long ago was that? Um, I'm 42 now. It was. Do you remember when the home internationals? Were yeah, still on? yeah. It was. It was, it, was, it, was, it was when they were playing those, and it was a draw. I think it was one all, two all, mm. something like that. I remember. Well, gosh, uh, I'm sorry to be biased. I remember Wales winning two in a row, four-one and one-nil, and that was the very early 80s. That was. I think. I think a draw. Might it would have been, been around. It would have yeah. been. It would have been the 80s. Yeah, near the yeah. end of it. But it's a nice. You know, it's a nice venue. I mean, the, the, one of the stands has been completely replaced since then. It's a big. Flashy affair. I know, it's a fabulous stage. It's, 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 it's a nice stage. You've still got the big old terrace there, I take it, yeah? Well, we have, but it's not going to be open. It's supposed to be getting knocked down this year. Um, and so it's closed this year. Mind you, last season we started like that. We, it wasn't open. And we didn't apply for a licence or safety certificate for it. And then we drew a villa in the cup and they opened it up. Um, but it's supposedly going to be have a double-decker stadium built there as well. There's supposed to be a lot of development around the grounds. But you never know the current financial climate. You know, you have to have to wait and see, don't you, really? Yeah. But, uh, but you've bounced back from the conference, haven't you? So I guess we've got to try and follow your lead. Um, yeah, you you just got to have this mentality um, that... Um, you've just got to have this siege mentality because basically other sides will... Um, <coughs> everybody wants to beat you because you're the prize scalp. Yeah, yeah. So you just have to have this siege mentality. And getting people like Brown, really, because yeah. he's not going to give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <laughs> promising. As far as he's concerned, he's got no reputation at the end of the day. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know. That's one thing about him. As, as I said, if he cocks up two or three times, he'll forget it and he'll keep going. So if he's had a shit game the season, the the, um, the day before, the, the week before, he'll come out fresh the following week. Well, we, we looked so dispirited last season. I think Little deliberately got a lot rid of the people to change the mentality. It sounds like he's, that's the sort of attitude he wants, really, to be honest. That's, that that's promising. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, is Little, um, do you think he's the man for the job for you? Or? Ooh, ask me in November. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, he's, he, he's made it. Well, when he first came in last November, we had a nice little start, and he pulled up to 19th, and he thought, oh, we're going to be okay then. And then we had the second longest run of defeats in the club's history. And that was while he was still the new manager, and we should have had the you know sort of positive effects. Yeah. And he seemed to be treading water until he could rejig the team in the, the transfer window, and he, he was allowed to bring in thirteen players in the transfer window, and we still didn't make enough of a difference. Charlie, you didn't invest at the beginning of the season, and you should have done. Because um, I mean, though. you had fifteen thousand there the last game of yeah. the previous season, yeah. didn't you? But they did, though. That's the thing. I think the, I think the, the, the root of it is the bloke they had as manager second half of the previous season. He was a lovely fella and has got a lot of good things going for him, but I don't think it was right to make him manager then. Yeah. And they did give him reign. He brought in five, to my, well, six expen- six players, five of whom I suspect were up at the top of the wage bill. 
but really? not none of them came oh, off. I, I thought you didn't invest. I didn't realise you did invest. Well, he had a couple on loan who did well for us to save us at the end of that season, and we were allowed to keep them. He brought in Trinidadian International. He brought in, um, you know, people like Avion Williams, Richard Hope, experienced lower division players who I suspect, yeah. you know, he waived a lot of money. You know, I suspect, like I said, their salaries were good. And um, Little has offloaded, well, he's trying to offload all of them, but they're on long contracts, so some of them are still with us. But he's made them all available or got rid. I take it the rules change now. You know, when, uh, you let, you know, when you're out the league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that the, uh, when Lincoln left, uh, were, were, were relegated in 87. Yeah. Um, the rule was that the players' um, contracts were finished. Uh, no, so no. we were able to, we were able to shed the lot. Yeah, no, we, um, he got as Colin Murphy. As Colin Murphy turned around and said, he said, you know, when he came in, he said, I was really pleased that a lot of those players had gone. He said because I didn't have the time to polish turds. <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant expression! You know, I mean, he didn't mince his words. He was great. He's, he's got his own language. He's done more yeah. to bastardise the English language, Colin Murphy, than oh. anything else. Don't print that last bit, please. Yeah, he's ill at the moment as well, which is a shame. Well, he was. Uh, I used to enjoy his program notes. Yeah, fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand him? I don't think he could. <laughs> but no, he was very. Um, uh, no, the contract stands. So, um, yeah, as, uh, the, that's that's Little's problem. He got rid of all bar I think twelve of the squads, but five of them were under contracts. So he put them up for sale. Well, no, he just made them available for not for free. But they've still got their contracts left, and only one has gone. Thankfully, it was Richard Hope, who was absolutely terrible. Um, but the other four are still there, and actually, have looked fairly good on Saturday in the, in the friendly game. But he saddled with them. I think he wanted to get another four players in, but he can't until he got rid of them. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you're going to miss the Chester game this year, aren't you? Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the most policed derby per head in the world. Really? Yeah. If you Google it, right, I couldn't <laughs> believe this. Um, and it's the most policed per head. Because when you play at their place, their mm. ground is restricted to about, I think it's about four and a half, five thousand mm. for the Derby game or something yeah. silly like that. And there's 500 police on duty. <laughs> I mean, shit. Yeah. <laughs> if one in nine says <laughs> policeman, you know what I mean? Well, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me because there's always, the, the Cheshire police always make a fuss and try to shift it around and make a drama out of it and, and a couple of years ago wanted to refuse to police it because it was an evening match and they thought everyone would get tanked up all day um, yeah. and then well not saying necessarily wrong and well in the past Wrexham have had issues with their police I remember in the 80s which were really dark days and we were getting crowds oh, of one and a half thousand but apparently we had bigger police bills than Man United because you know the police could just charge what they felt was <laughs> what they wanted to or the game was no, off I can believe it yeah so, um, I think the relations were a little better now but I'm not that surprised they were missed Chester, not least because they looked so inept last year. They almost looked like they might drop below us. And yeah. even when we were looking rubbish, we still managed to win 2-0 there. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I reckon it would have been better if they'd have gone and you'd have stayed up, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because well, you lot will always bring about three or 400 down, whatever, mm. you know? Oh, we're well supported. It's, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I hope that doesn't peter off away. You know, I hope there's... You know, if we don't start well, people might feel... You know, you know there's a line that that you're not going to cross and the fans have really yeah. stuck with the club. The crises we've been having have really made the fans politicised and, and they've made them stick with the club, I think, deliberately. and it, it's, yeah. it's got a lot more loyalty in the town, but I think if we go to the conference and become a mid-table conference club, that might be the point where some people turn around and say, oh, I'm not going now. 
Uh, I, hope, yeah. I hope not. I think we've got to hit the ground running, I think, and keep I'll the tell momentum you something going. you should do as well. Mm-hmm. You know your Vital website? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, have you seen the Vital Lincoln website? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. We make good money out of that. Uh-huh. And because you're tr- the tr- a trust, yeah, 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 what I can do... Um, if you email me, mm-hmm. and then I'll e- I'll get um, I'll email um, Jonathan, and I'll ask Jonathan to actually email you. Oh, that's amazing. Now what happens is, is every time there's a post, mm-hmm. it goes through three stages, and it works on refresh because my background is internet marketing. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw this thing for Vital, I thought, hello, we can do well out of this for the trust. Now this month. We started this in February, the Vital site, mm-hmm. and I told fans, because they've all got their own forums and that, yeah? yeah? Yeah. And I told fans, I said, look, if you if you go on this forum and you post on this forum, <coughs> um, all the money yeah. will go to the trust. Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to get their heads around the fact how it made money, which I had to explain yeah, to yeah. them, yeah? But when you explain to them on the forum how it makes money, mm-hmm. and you want to see it now, I mean, we... We've had, uh, this was as at um, the 14th, Monday night, we've had 250,000 page views. More importantly, because the the hits, the way it works on the graphics, which is what you get paid on on the adverts Mm -hmm. refreshing, we're at 1.6 million hits already this month. Wow. (laughs) Which means we've earned 165 quid. Now, the good thing about that, last month, we uh, it, it was it went past 300 for the first time, mm-hmm. but even a club of Lincoln size, we're looking at about five six hundred pound a month comes in, yeah, yeah. will yeah. come in. Now that is the sort of money. Yeah, I appreciate that things might go down and mm-hmm. away fans might go down and all that. And yeah, this isn't massive and it won't make up that much difference. Mm-hmm. But one of the things it does do is it enables the trusts mm-hmm. and the fans. Sorry, the trusts to get more people joining the trust. Give you an idea, the the trust, the Lincoln Trust last season uh, was about 1,100 members we managed to get, yeah? Yeah. You got the gold members and all that, which obviously pay an awful lot of money each year because, you know, they genuinely love the club. But what happens is when you buy a season ticket at Lincoln, you also buy membership in the trust unless you opt out of it this season we're up to 2,000 season tickets and 75% of the fans have opted in that is that's a 50% increase in our membership and that has come from vital because the fans see that they can make money for the trust they then think the trust isn't a Kremlin organisation. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. actually for the fans. Mm. And all of a sudden, your membership, the whole thing goes up. It's, it's, it's a brilliant way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's and awesome. the fans love talking about their clubs anyway. Yeah, yeah. And the great thing is that you can have front page articles, so you get three or four people writing front page articles about what's going on. It feeds into news now which means anybody that's got an interest in Wrexham and Googles it around the world um, will join up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is incredible. We've got the Auckland Herald, you know, in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got nine people that read every article at the Auckland uh, Herald. And when the season starts, they're going to be doing a big thing on Lincoln City. Wow. <laughs> 
what's happened is two blokes have left Lincoln and they've gone and lived over there mm. and their wives, yeah? They've got everybody in as Lincoln fans. We've got we've got we've got Mosca fans in Moscow, Toronto, Ontario, America of course. Well the th the thing is, you know, it, you, people just do it in their spare time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do it, and Rick does it from from the trust point of view. It means that because it's a separate site, um, it's well, it's literally separate to the trust, just in case there's any contentious views. Because mm. you know, with trust, you do have to be really politically correct, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. But this is a great thing about this. It's not as politically correct, and people see the trust as accessible. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when we did that Lord of the Earth shirt. And all the fans were like, oh, well, you know, round with a bucket and all that sort of thing. Yeah, that would be a good idea. And I said, no, we'll get the sponsors to do it. Yeah, yeah. Now, we can afford a massive one now this season yeah. out of the money that we've got. Yeah. But what the fans have said is, well, now that we're able to buy shares again, can you buy shares of it? Yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing as well. The football club now... Um, although the trust buy the shares, Vital and the fans don't own the shares, they see that as fans, we do own the shares because we're members of the trust. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. It's, and people think, yeah, now that's good. You know, just for me talking, I've helped out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, we're even, there's even talk that the club are going to let us sponsor a player. Because of the money we're already giving, we can sponsor yeah, a player. yeah. I tell you what, they were talking about us having a box as well. That yeah. went down like a lead balloon. They <laughs> <laughs> went, well, why don't you want a box? I said, because yeah. we're football supporters. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for the people in the boxes, football, you, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know it'd go up, and we appreciate you got the boxes and keep the boxes for the prawn sandwich brigade. Yeah, yeah. That's what, not, what, not what we want. We don't yeah. get the atmosphere. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, and that brand sounds like he's going to be an interesting acquisition. It looks like it might be in centre midfield after all as well. I also spoke to Jonathan Monaghan, who's a communications director for director Halifax Towns Supporters Trust. I wanted to know about Tom Kearney, but obviously I also needed to know just what's going on there because Halifax are a club who are in terrible turmoil. I was going to ask you about uh, Tom Kearney, obviously, but firstly, more importantly, it, yeah, how is things going at Halifax since we last saw you? Because from the outside, it looks like it's been a bit of a worst-case scenario. Yeah, well, since we last talked, there's been a, a lot that's happened. I think uh, last time I was talking to you was the day before our um, creditors meeting. Yeah. Uh, well, as you, as you probably expect, that didn't go to plan. Mm -hmm. The Inland Revenue turned up uh, with um, a larger than expected debt, which meant that we couldn't get the 75% agreement, uh, which meant we had to go effectively into liquidation. The club actually didn't go into liquidation, but... Uh, we broke a conference rule and were thrown out of the conference setup and relegated. Um, well, actually, just thrown out of the conference setup and then we've been relegated down to the Unibon Division 1 North. And, and was there not some, some controversy as well about whether the board would keep the club going as well or whether there should be a new club? Yes, there was. Well, in, initially, after after the creditors' meeting where the Inland Revenue had um, uh, told us that we had. Um, Larger than expected debt with them. Uh, initial, the initial reports were that the consortium that were looking to take over uh, decided that they'd had enough and they were walking away. At that point, uh, the supporters trust stepped in quite rightly to come and rescue the club, or as it was, set up a new club, which um, <clears throat> would have started in Unibond One North, uh, 
uh, and would have been a trust-run club. Now, uh, this was all thrown up in the air when um, the consortium decided, or, well, the consortium was rumoured to be still interested. Uh, but the age-old problem with them, they, they didn't communicate and uh, we were left in a lurch somewhat. So the trust uh, carried on with its plan B, as it was called, um, preparations, which was to form a new club, uh, so all, all, this, all the stuff that you had to do to, to go through that. While the consortium didn't uh, commit um, until quite far, far down the line, really. And uh, obviously you've you've hemorrhaged players as a result. I'm just wondering, apart from Kearney, I mean, I noticed Crawley have, have pinched three of yours. How how are clubs grabbing those players seen? You know, are we vultures or is it just inevitable that they'd, they'd all leave? No, well, it's inevitable, really, that uh, the majority of our players would leave, especially the, the better players, uh, like John Shaw, our striker last year. He signed for Rochdale. Uh, but <clears throat> it was inevitable. None of these players want to play in the Unibond Division One, uh, they're all, they're all too good for that, you see. So it wasn't um, wasn't a surprise, and the majority of them were at the end of the contracts anyway. So there was no issue. Yeah. And so I mean, on to Kearney. I mean, Kearney's played two friendlies for us, and he he looks very good. What what was your perspective on him? Tom Kearney was um, <clears throat> fans at Halifax were divided on Tom Kearney. A lot of people uh, thought he was a bit too negative. Um, used to play a lot of sideways passes, etc., etc. But one thing about Tom Keeney, he is very good on the ball. He very rarely gives it away, and he's a rock in the centre of midfield. And um, that was my opinion of him. Sometimes, yeah, I agree with the, the, some of the fans that said that he was a bit negative. But I think that was more as a, as a result of us not having a, a good partnership for him, a good attacking midfielder to partner him, which made him look a bit more negative than perhaps he was. But uh, overall, he is a very good player. Yeah, I, I, I agree from what I've seen. It worries me slightly what you say about a partnership because, um, yeah, he looks obviously to me like a bloke you should put an attacking midfielder next to. And mm. it seems that Little is planning to play converted centre-backs next to him and he's the creator. And right. that, that bothers me slightly. And I, I, he looks a good player to me. He looks a very good player. But um, I'm a little worried that he should be doing that holding role and instead it looks to me like they're asking him to be the creator. I thought that's not really playing to his strengths, I thought. Um, from, from what I've seen of him, I wouldn't have him as a creative midfielder, to be honest. But uh, It's a difficult one. I mean, he's, he's undoubtedly good on the ball. You, you can tell he has a, he has a good touch. Uh, he, he can pick out a pass. But as I say, he's not the most forward-thinking player. So if, he's, if your manager's uh, planning to play him like that... Um, well, let's just see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's the way I'm looking at a few things with us, really. But um, hey, well, thank you very much for that, and and I hope that it all goes well for you next season as well. I'm sure you're aware that we're here. We're all hoping that you can bounce back and be as strong as ever. So, Aye, thank you. Oh, thanks very much for that. So, a couple of new players to furnish Brannettle's squad. Keep tuned because there'll be another podcast next week, and we'll drag and talk for you to listen to. And also, if any of you are interested, if you run a business and they're sponsoring the podcast, then by all means, get in touch via the website, wrexhamfan.co.uk. Of course, we run by the Support Association's Football Commentary. We do the hospital radio, and we're at the moment looking to raise a few funds to make sure we can just keep going. We have uh, our flashy ISDN equipment and line rental to, to pay for. So if any of you know of any businesses who are interested in sponsoring the podcasts, 
then give us a shout. A hundred quid should cover it for the season, quite frankly, but I'm sorry to talk about such base and venal matters. I'll speak to you in a couple of days' time, probably, with another Dragon Talk leading up to next season. This is Dragon Talk.